Welcome to Out of the Church Attic, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice in the heart of Appalachia. My name is Colton. I am a local church member here in North Carolina, and today I am not joined by Randy, but I am joined by a special guest here for a special interview here at Out of the Church Attic, and her name is... Hi, my name is Jamie Miller. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) No, I am not Randy. No, you are not Randy, but you are a very important person uh, in the church, a very important person in my life. And today we, I'm interviewing you to discuss some of the things that you do in your life, that you work for, and uh, we'll see how that issue can help drive and thrive the churches here in Appalachia. That was me trying to improv that intro, but it worked. <laughs> you did a good job, my friend. Thanks. So Jamie, you are... Who are you? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Jamie Miller, my husband and I live here in Spruce Pine, North Carolina. We are not natives. We are blessed to have moved here after 30, 40 years being all over the United States and have settled here in this wonderful place, in this wonderful community. Um, feel like we're ingraining ourselves and just learning more and more about Appalachia. And I said it right. Did you notice? You did say it right. Yeah, I practiced. <laughs> um, but I have the uh, in- incredible blessing and pleasure to work for International Messengers. We are based in Clear Lake, Iowa, but we support... Um, 280 plus missionaries from all over the world. Um, supporting them, we pray for them, we equip them, we help support them in their financial endeavors. And I don't mean we give money, we help quote unquote launder their money because obviously it's not easy to send money to these countries. So right. being a nonprofit, we uh, were able to do that. Right. I am, uh, I have a title, I don't even remember what it is half the time, short terms ministries director. Mm-hmm. Basically, I help build and logistically support the teams who go for short-term missions. Right. Normal, everyday people who want to go and share the gospel, share their talents, their times for the world. And I have a passion for that, and so that's what I do. Um, I've been on 30-plus short mission mission trips, wow. short-term mission trips. <laughs> can't even say it. <laughs> but I think, you know, apart from Jesus and me, maybe that's the only thing that equips me for this, mm. um, is my passion for it. And... I just love it. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm sitting here with you to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're sitting in the office, by the way, of my home here in Spruce Pine. And uh, my dog's on the floor, so you may hear a yip or something now and then. But It's no worse than the trains we hear and the cars go. that rev up. Yeah, so you're going to hear Josie now and then, but there you go. Dog lovers, she's really cool. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I gesticulate, so yeah, for those of you listening, there's a lot of action going on here with the hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Like I said, me and Randy move all over the place, and even when I'm recording, there will be random stuff. Like, we'll be sitting still, and I'll, like, play back the recording, and <laughs> there is some weird noise that just comes out of nowhere, so I am i don't worry about it. But, okay, so, Jamie, thank you, uh, first of all, for being here in my little humble, well, we're in your, your studio, your uh, office, but... Thanks for being on my podcast, uh, mine and Randy's, and uh, you. Well, we've known each other pretty three years now. Mm-hmm. About Something 2020, like that, yeah. I think, is when we started. Because I was interested in going on a mission trip that got delayed like two years. Me going, but we finally finally got me on a plane, got me out there. But uh, for for you, if you had to give a brief theology of missions, what would you say? What would that be? Mm. Well, you did uh, give me the. Uh questions ahead of time. And when I looked at that, I said, theology, I actually had to look the word up. Okay? <laughs> I'm, for everyone listening, if you don't know me, I am not seminary schooled. I am educated woman. Um, but so I looked up the definition of theology because I wanted to speak intelligently as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the first thing I read was it's a study of the nature of God. And as I sit looking at Colton behind him in my office on the wall, I have a map of the world. And so, you know, if I would talk about a theology of missions, God sends. He just sends people. He might send you to your neighbor next door. He might send you to your mom two states away to love on her. Um, At the grocery store, he may send you over to help somebody with their cart. Or he may send you to a country around the world. And I think that's what missions is. It's sending. You know, you can be on mission in your backyard. You can be on mission around the world. You can be on mission, like I said, in Ingalls and Spruce Pine. But he just sends. And, you know, you can go into the Matthew 28 thing, right? That's Mm -hmm. perfect for a biblical theology of missions. Um, And I love, you know, in that, let me just digress here. Like, go therefore make disciples of nations, And how do you make a disciple? It doesn't say go evangelize, right? Mm -hmm. But how do you make a disciple? You disciple someone when they know you, Mm -hmm. when you have a relationship with them. So there it is. He sends us to make relationships to then tell them about Jesus and the relationship we have with him. And that's all it is. It's that simple. You know, it's God, his testimony in you, through you to others. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's that simple. Yeah. You know, we, we make it, we, I think we make it complicated sometimes when we get into the, oh, but the but, and but, and but, you know, just go mm-hmm. tell someone about Jesus in your life and Jesus for them. Yeah. And that's missions. Yeah. I, I love how you say that because you make it sound like anyone could do it, right? And anyone can do it. Uh, but a lot like we have with pastors or preachers, you know, we think, well, they're the ones who go out and evangelize. They're the ones who go out and disciple. They're the ones who know the big, the big words. They're the ones who study the scriptures. But none of that's true. It's, it's Jesus said, go. He, he was talking to everybody. Mm-hmm. And so the way you make missions sound, it isn't just the mission trip, the mission coordinator like you, the, the person who um, is going to pick up their whole life and move to Japan, move to Egypt, move to Uganda or Poland. It's to any single person who is willing and a servant of the Lord. And so I love the way you say that because it makes it sound so easy, but it also doesn't give some giant qualifications that we can just say, oh, it's just not for me. I'm just not that kind of Christian, but rather it is for all of us to go anywhere. Right. And, you know, one of the first, I think we'll talk about this later, but my job is to recruit. I hate mm-hmm. using that word. It sounds so military. <laughs> but, you know, I'm trying to find people who will go and serve 10 to 12 mm-hmm. days in any of the 30 countries mm-hmm. we're in. And the first thing I get is, well, you know, I, it's not really for me because I can do missions in my backyard here. Mm-hmm. I can do it in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And my first thing is, absolutely. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It doesn't. And then my second, you know, I'm a challenger. You know that about mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Are you? What are you doing in your backyard? Mm. You know, and, and it's not to put somebody out of comfort, but it is. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about that in missions. One of the biggest challenges, you are going to be out of your comfort zone, no matter what you think, yeah. no matter what training you might have, whatever training you don't have, you're going to be out of your comfort zone. But let's think about Jesus. What did he do? He disarmed people. Yeah. He put them out of their zone. And that was the sweet spot with him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so you're going to be totally challenged. How else do you grow? Right. You know, for those of us who work out, okay, you know, you got to be a little bit hurting to grow. 
And I feel like missions outside of the United States is an opportunity to do that because we enjoy so many freedoms and blessings in this country. Get out somewhere where they don't have that and get a little bit uncomfortable and watch how you grow. Yeah. So your organization, uh, International Messengers, Mm -hmm. uh, you guys coordinate mission trips all over the world. So can you tell us just a kind of a broad perspective of where you guys actually are sending? I know there's um, some big places you guys are really focused on in this, Mm -hmm. in your organization. Can you just explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, the the broad areas in a broad stroke is, you know, Europe, Mm -hmm. specifically Eastern Europe, Mm -hmm. um, Middle East, Lebanon, Egypt, um, Turkey, um, then we go even as far as we have missionaries in South Africa, not mm. been there yet. Yeah. We are in Uganda. Yeah. Um, and we, something I want to talk about a little bit is relational evangelism. Let's okay. Do so, so I'm not a street evangelist. I'm extremely outgoing and extroverted, but I just don't have, I don't have the words. I don't have the passion to just go up in the street and be like, Hey, you know, Jesus, let me tell you about him. Mm-hmm. Right. You think I should. It's not a gifting I have, mm-hmm. but if I can teach you English and you're in my English class and you may not learn a lick of grammar, I promise <laughs> you, I do not know what present perfect tense is. I don't care to know, but you will hear my story about Jesus in my life mm-hmm. and we will talk about that. And then I will ask you, do you have Jesus in your life? Mm-hmm. You know, are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Do you trust him with your life? Yeah. But I couldn't get that opportunity until I built the relationship with you. So I feel like there are all kinds of mission trips. I love when I hear somebody's digging a well. People need water. That's incredible. Meet a need. Tell them about Jesus. Um, Building a church. You know, our trips are very relational. You are going to be building relationships for a week Mm -hmm. so that you can build a trust and tell them about Jesus in your life. Mm -hmm. You're going to be talking about your testimony Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's another thing. It's it's really incredible how your story is meant for one person. Mm. It really is. You know, he leaves the 99 for the one. And your particular story is going to touch a heart of somebody over there when he calls you and you say yes. Yeah. And you're going to be telling them about your walk with Jesus. And you're going to see a tear in their eye. And they're like, wait a minute. I, I can relate to that. I have that too problem. Or I struggle. Or my father, that happened with my father too. Mm. You know, people have the similar problems all over the world, yeah. you know, and it's just, we are in a unique position in this country to be able to go and share our stories of Jesus. Um, and it's just that relationship building that creates the opportunity. Like, I, I think we have the saying that we always tell people is we make it really easy for you to talk about Jesus, mm. yeah. <laughs> which even an extrovert like me needs, you know? <laughs> right. And so you guys do a, a variety of ways. You mentioned English camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are is some other things you guys do? Is there is it m- primary English, or what do you guys do with these camps that you uh, start? Yeah, without digressing too much, because I could take up another hour with this, our missionaries, um, we really want them to be led by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in their ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, English, is, English teaching is probably the easiest and quickest. Mm-hmm. We had someone in Eastern Europe who was in a village of goat farmers, mm-hmm could you find us some dairy farmers to come over because they're having trouble with disease in the goat herds? 10 dairy farmers went over and helped them with their herds, yet were able to read the Bible with them. Wow. Yeah, right? So like these missionaries are in country looking for opportunities 
that God puts them in, in that country, in that village, in that situation. And I love that we're giving them the freedom to say, I need 10 goat farmers, dairy farmers, what have you. You know, it's, it's excuses. It's reasons to be in people's lives. We have um, a translator camp. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's people who want to be translators in the Middle East for English. So you're going to go over and they're just going to practice translating. Mm-hmm. But you can disciple you know, there are some people there who aren't believers. You can talk to them about Jesus. And, and for those who are followers of Jesus, they need discipling. We all do. Yeah. You know, it's an opportunity. We have discipleship camps. When I say the word camp, you're not going to be in a tent. It's the most translatable English word mm-hmm. to have people overseas be able to translate and understand what we're doing there. Right. It's an intensity of English class, of translation. Right. Um, so, you know, typically I'm like, oh, we have an English camp. Um, yeah, I don't want to stay in a tent. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> okay, me neither. <laughs> so, so it's like, I guess camp, you could also say maybe some kind of like retreat, basically. Yeah, like a, retreat, ministry, yeah. you know. Um, sometimes in countries, when you say ministry, people get real scared. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a, it's become a dirty word sort of way. So we camp, retreat, right. um, and there are people who give up their family vacations. This is their family vacation in Poland. They bring their whole family to this camp mm-hmm. because they want their kids to practice English. And lo and behold, they and their children get to hear about Jesus. Wow. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really awesome. Thank you, Jamie, mm-hmm. for sharing uh, about uh, I am. And I, I, I've been on a couple of mission trips myself with you, and uh, I've experienced a lot of amazing things, teaching English, but also doing other stuff as well. But um, how did you get involved with I Am? How did this even begin? Like you said, you've been on, what, 30-plus mission trips. Mm-hmm. So how did you even, how'd the first one start? How did you get involved? <laughs> so like I said, I'm an extrovert. I'm a bit crazy. Um, I didn't meet Jesus till I was like 30, mm-hmm. uh, let's say 2003. So we all know how old I am now, those of us who do math. Um, so I go on into this church. I meet Jesus. I get baptized like in a minute. A minute later, they have a trip to Poland. Mm-hmm okay, I'll go. You know, I was raised a Catholic going on holidays. Um, We were religious, didn't go every Sunday. Mm -hmm. I had no personal relationship with Christ. And I was excited to go into a country. My ancestors are from Eastern Europe. So I was excited to go into a place where my people were. (laughs) And then also just to, you know, sit down with someone and be like, this is what I understand about religion versus relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I went on my first trip in 2004. Um, I had a big, great career. I was really into myself. Oh, my goodness, Colton. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, did I have an ego, you know, making scads of money, very important power position. But every summer I would go do this, and it just became my thing. If I got a new job, I'd tell my employer, every summer I take 12 days off. This is what I do. And I went every summer, and, um, you know, even when – I might have been having some hard times um, in any part of my life. I'm like, I can't go, Lord, because this is going on. You know, I am would say, yeah, you can go. <laughs> in fact, it's a perfect time for you to go. You're going to go and you're going to serve broken. And Christ is going to shine through all those cracks in your jars of clay. Yeah. And it's true. You know, some of the, the best trips that I've had have been when my life has been the most messed up. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it actually reminds me today, I just read Psalm 51. It was my scripture for today, mm. uh, for the weekend. And, and one of the last things that David speaks of is, you know, you love a broken and contrite 
spirit. Like you love a broken spirit. You love a, a heart that is broken for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love how you say, you know, like in the moments where I feel like I couldn't go, mm-hmm. I am international messengers said you can. Mm-hmm. And in fact, this is going to be the best time for you to go mm-hmm. because this is where God's going to use you the most. Yeah. And so I love that. So you just started out, you know, you were making oodles of money yeah. uh, here in the States <laughs> and just, but you just had this once a year, twice a year, maybe you just, I'm, I'm going to a different country. I'm going to tell them about Jesus. You know, yeah. that's. And, and, you know, I'm going to stop you because the important part of that too is what happened to me in the church roles when mm-hmm. I came home. Right. So you always come home on fire. You do. Mm-hmm. And even if it, it, I can't tell you that all my trips, you know, were, I saw rainbows and, you know, just earth shattering, but I came home changed yeah. and it, it, helped me to explore different roles in my churches. Mm-hmm. It helped me to serve well in my church. It helped me to love the unlovable people in my life mm-hmm. because every time I went, I was stretched in a new way. Yeah. And so when I came home, you know, we always say, don't let this be one cool thing I did this summer, yeah. you know, and I, and I didn't, I used to come home and say, okay, God, now what in my church? And I think that's what God means for us when we come home from serving over the seas that come back to the church, his passion, his love, bring the passion and love that you've got stored up from Mm. this, ignite your home church, Mm. you know, ignite your faith in your family, your spouse, your kids, your neighbors. But, you know, you can't walk away from this somehow not challenged and changed, Yeah, you know? Um, And, you know, I've had trips where I've come home and, and complete tears. Yeah. And, but like you just said, it, it, he's close to us when we're that way, yeah. you know, and just feeling him that close in that moment. And then it is just really cool to sit on an airplane and be so exhausted because you just left it all in the field mm-hmm. and you got nothing left because you just poured everything out for someone else. Mm-hmm. And I think, I always think that right then and there, I'm just kneeling in front of Jesus and I'm like, here it is. Mm-hmm. Here's all my my good things, let's call it, to use a terrible word, but here's all my good things in front of you because I love you that much. Yeah, It's a great worship to the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope our audience can hear it. And you've already said it, but you do have a deep passion for missions. It's, um, ever since I've known you, one of the first things I think we talked about was missions. And it may have been even because you were standing in front of the church talking about missions. And this may have already been answered, but I just want to ask you, like, directly, like, where do you think that passion, like, why do you have such a passion for missions? Where does that come from? How did God ignite that? Uh, What what drives you in that? Mm. Oh, wow. Um, One thing is, um, it brings out gratitude in me. Mm. You know, you meet people from all sorts of backgrounds, all different cultures, uh, different experiences, um, and and many most aren't as blessed as I am. I'm so blessed, you know. I mean, I had difficulties. Of course, everybody does, you know. But man, like, I am so grateful that Jesus met me at age thirty. You know, I was trapped in some serious sin, mm-hmm. like, you know, really nasty stuff, and Jesus met me. How can I not be so excited to go tell people about it? Right. You know? And and it's also, it's, 
it takes an amount of supernatural courage because you're also standing in front of people who you don't know telling kind of your grossest stuff, you know, but then how Jesus took you out of that, you know, and uh, I just, there's never a time I do it when I don't walk away just going, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And for me, it's a reminder in my life that my greatest worship to him is my gratitude and gratefulness for what he's done for me, what he continues to do for me and then through me. And what better way to shine that out? I mean, that's in the Bible, yeah. you know, to, to those who much is given as much as expected, you know, and I don't take that lightly. Maybe that's why I'm so passionate. Um, and then also I just love other cultures. Mm-hmm. I, I love eating different stuff, you know? Yeah. You get diarrhea. Okay. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you can't have a mission trips without some Pepto somehow or another. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the different languages. Okay. Funny story. Mm-hmm. We were getting ready to do this huge, like, altar call on the last day of camp. And so we all met in this literal janitor's closet, and we're going to pray in there. So on this team, it was in Poland, you had Polish, you had somebody from Germany, you had somebody from Norway, um, you had somebody from the Middle East, and there's, like, the United Nations of missionaries in there. So we're just going to all pray. So I bow my head. Now, all week, you have translators when you go on these trips, okay? So somebody starts praying in Polish. Well, I'm like, where's the translator? And then somebody starts praying, like, right after that in German, and then right after that in Arabic. And I, like, the small-minded person I could be, I'm like, who's going to translate, you know? And then I'm like, wait a minute. This is so cool. God knows what they're saying, and one day I'm going to be standing in heaven and understand everything they're saying. (laughs) But I had to go through that moment of, like, I literally looked up around this little janitor's closet. I'm like, where is the translator? I don't know what's happening. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, forget. Listeners, just disregard that story. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's a great story because, uh, again, I think people, especially here, we, we live in Appalachia. You, you know, not a native, but you've been here a few years. Mm-hmm. And and you've been in the South for a while. Like, we are very, we're, we're closed-minded. I, I, there's no other mm-hmm. way to say it. And it's not that it's a bad, it's, well, it's a, it can be a bad thing. But it's not like a knock on the people of Appalachia. But let's be honest, most of us probably don't think of Jesus as anything other than white. And I, I, I'm not even to say anything right, different. Right. But, like, we see our manger scenes. We see, uh, we just had Christmas. We see our manger scenes. We see our, um, our, our, our whatever, those, you know, beautiful colored windows, right? And it's always, or the pictures of Jesus on our walls. Like, most of them are a very white Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I only say that to say we forget there's other cultures that worship the same God mm. we do. Amen. Um, there, there's, you know, the, the Egypt that you've been to, that I've been to, mm-hmm. is where Jesus went at one point in his life. And so it's, it's amazing to see and think about those things. When you live in a small town in Appalachia, the things that there is a small village in Africa, mm-hmm. a, a town in Egypt, a city in Poland in Krakow, mm-hmm where there are people worshiping the same Jesus we do who have some of the sim- same things, right? Like the people in Egypt aren't thinking uh, Jesus is white. They're just, <laughs> right, right. they're like right. in their mind, it's his skin, <laughs> the skin color they have, which is probably more accurate. But right, right. It's, again, not a knock on Appalachians. It's just like we can be very focused and anybody can be on where we're at and on our town. And so it's so important for us to hear from you know, a very white woman yes, <laughs> I am, <laughs> you know, uh, who has been to several different places around the world 
missions and and the the impact that you that's been made on you but that you've made by these relationships that you've started and continued and growed and we don't have time this episode i do want to um this is probably going to be a two-parter just so everybody knows and i do want to jump into like maybe a couple stories from some of your trips in our next episode but really quickly just um we got about five minutes left Mm -hmm. If you had just to give like a five minute or so call to somebody listening to this podcast who lives in Appalachia to go on a mission trip, what would you say to them? So I would say right now, just close your eyes, you know, think about something in your Jesus story where Jesus was so close to you. Think about the circumstance around that. Maybe it's pain. Uh, Maybe it's grief. You know, maybe it's anger. And then think about, Jesus being with you in that moment and how he saved you in whatever way that was. And know that somewhere right now in another country, there's a man or woman sitting there in that situation, in that pain, in that grief, in that anger, in that loss, who needs to hear how Jesus rescues in all of that. Mm. Your story matters. And you can worship your king by sharing your story you can praise and give gratitude for how you've received salvation if you would just say yes. Mm. It's it's so easy and it's so hard and it's risky. And I'm not talking about terrorist or illness. It costs you something personally mm. to go and share of yourself like that, to open your heart to people who don't look like you, who don't smell like you, who don't <laughs> eat the things you do. It costs you and... Um, I'm just reminded, I'll, I'll end this with my favorite, one of my favorite stories of David when he goes to buy the threshing floor mm-hmm. and the guy who owned it, his name is a big, long biblical name that I can't say. And he's like, no, King David, I'm going to give it to you. And David says, no, I will not sacrifice to the Lord that which costs me nothing. Mm-hmm. So think about what you can do even in your life today, cost you a little bit of yourself. Yeah so much for your king and and the praise and the glory brings him mm, thank Amen. you <laughs> 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 Woo. <laughs> okay we can end there okay <laughs> <laughs> thank you jamie Amen. um we will be back next week with another interview another part two of this i'm so excited to talk to you about what it looks like to be on the mission field what kind of barriers that we have we run into and how even though as scary as it can be man, we can be on mission for Jesus and hopefully get some of these people pumped up and excited to go on their own mission trips or to find a way to support those who are on them. Thank you for listening, guys. I know Randy says a bunch of stuff and I don't remember what he says, but uh, today's podcast was written by nobody. Uh, Randy wrote the questions for him. (laughs) Thank you, Jamie. You can find Jamie um, at... Jamie, J-A-M-I-E at I am dash usa.org <laughs> we'll figure that yeah, out we'll figure that. Okay. so you can email her there if you have questions about mission trips if you want to get on mission she has a whole bunch coming up and she is ready to plan ready to send so um guys thank you for listening check us out on all our social media the facebook the twitter uh the, or x whatever it's called now instagram send us an email write us a mailbag question at our facebook page you can join our facebook group and until next time randy has some catchy saying but just go be on mission for the lord Amen.